Queer Rights Sessions, QWS Podcast, in partnership with Blarney Books and Art in Port Ferry. I'm your host, Rob, aka RWR McDonald, and this is a Words and Nerds spin-off series. Thanks, Danny. I'm coming to you from the land of the Wurundjeri people, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Each month, QWS Podcast will bring you reviews, shout-outs of LGBTIQA plus writers, and feature an interview with a queer writer from our rainbow communities. And now on with the show. Tobias Madden is an author and editor from Sydney, Australia. His debut young adult fiction novel, the Arbia Award shortlisted Anything But Fine, is out now in Australia and New Zealand and in the US. His second YA novel, Take a Bow, Noah Mitchell, is coming out end of August, so out now, and in the US coming out on the January the 3rd, 2023. Originally from Ballarat, Tobias worked for 10 years as a performer, touring Australia and New Zealand with musicals such as Mary Poppins, Cats, Singing in the Rain, and Guys and Dolls. In 2019, he edited and published Underdog, the first hashtag LoveOzYA short story anthology for previously unpublished Aussie young adult fiction writers. Also in 2019, he wrote the cabaret show Sibling Ship, which played to sold-out audiences in Sydney, Melbourne, and Canberra. Tobias is a passionate member of the hashtag LoveOzYA and LGBTIQA plus communities and currently works part-time in theatre marketing. Welcome, Tobias. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. I was thrilled. And uh, just before we start, I absolutely loved Take About Mara Mitchell, so we'll be asking you some more questions about that for sure, but congratulations. Thank you. So we start at QWS podcast with a, a opening question we ask all our guests which is how has your work influenced your identity? Gosh, that's a, that's a big question, isn't it? <laughs> um, I guess like, you know, it's also interconnected. And I think, you know, for me, I always learn a lot about myself and my identity through my writing and also the other way around. I think my identity informs my writing a lot as well. Um, and you know I guess that's ever-changing which is a really interesting thing because I feel like whatever you're going through in your life and where you're at as a person really affects what you're writing at the time and often um, what I love about that is that you don't necessarily know that that's happening at the time you Mm -hmm. just think you're writing this this fun book about whatever and then you you know you read the first draft and you're like oh I see I can (laughs) definitely recognize you know that kind of year of my life in this story which which I find really interesting um and you know on top of that obviously I love writing queer stories um and it's really amazing to be able to explore queer teenage stories um you know for me as someone who didn't sort of get to live out there their gay romance dreams as a teenager because yeah. I, you know, didn't come out until I was sort of well into my university days. Um, I kind of missed that boat. So it's really quite special to be able to go back in time, um, even though my books are set now, um, to go back in time for myself um, and sort of, yeah, kind of almost rewrite that history a little bit, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally relate to that. So I just wanted to introduce the book to our listeners. So I just will read from the blurb. Noah is in love with his online best friend. 
which is a huge problem for the following reasons. One, his crush has no idea. Two, Noah only knows him as his gaming avatar. Three, there's zero chance they'll ever meet in real life. So when Noah sees an opportunity to secretly meet his crush, he takes it. Even though he'll have to join the cast of a local production of Chicago with his self-obsessed mother. Even though he'll need to lie to his best and only friend. And even though he'll have to sing and dance in front of actual people. Because love is worth the risk. And really, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it's so good. So congratulations again, Tobias. Take a bow. Noah Mitchell was so much fun and so well written. And uh, throughout, it all, it all felt very authentic. And I'm obsessed with Noah's mum, Rose Mitchell, <laughs> like, like a lot of people in Noah's orbit seem to be. I think she was absolutely fabulous. Um, and with her, it really did feel like um you know spending time with a celebrity as uh, she's just brilliant so <laughs> and I, I felt you captured the worlds of gaming and theater incredibly well as per your bio theater is a world you've spent a lot of time in mm. so was this a world you wanted to share like particularly with YA readers yeah I think so I mean you know my my first book is about a dancer um but he's a ballet dancer which is you know, I've done a lot of ballet in my life and I love ballet and I have so much, you know, respect for ballet dancers, but it's still not quite the world that I, you know, have lived in and, um, you know, different to my professional career. And I think, um, yeah, it was just really nice to be able to dive into that world, um, especially through Noah's eyes, you know, these fresh eyes of someone who is not a part of that world, because it really allows you to kind of shine a light on all of the, the silly things about the theatre world, but also the beautiful things. And, you know, to have him go on that journey of sort of thinking that it's this whole kind of ridiculous thing and that everyone who is there is ridiculous and obsessed with themselves and then learning that maybe that's not quite the case. Um, it's, yeah, it was really special. And, you know, I spent my teenage years in those exact rehearsal rooms for amateur musicals in Ballarat. Um, yeah. And so I'm a big fan of writing what you know. And um, <laughs> this one <laughs> really sort of, took me deep into that much more than my first book did even, I think. But I also spent a lot of time as a teen playing games um, with yeah. my brother. They weren't as much online back then because the right. internet <laughs> had only just sort of been brought into our homes at that point. Um, but we, you know, we played endless hours of games together, my brother and I um, and some of his friends and stuff. So it was really fun to combine those two things, which mm -hmm. is kind of my experience as a teenager. And I didn't realise at the time that it was so many other people's experiences there are, I thought that intersection of gaming and theatre would be quite niche but it's apparently nowhere near as niche as I thought it yeah, was. Yeah right so what what came first because I love uh, obviously no spoilers but I loved the sort of the parallels that were going on between mm. the two worlds so was it something that you were sort of thinking of mashing up together or did the gaming come later how did that yeah, I basically like, I mean, I started drafting this at the end of 2020 um, when we were very much mid pandemic. Um, and I kind of just really wanted to write about something that would make me happy and kind of distract me from everything. So yeah. initially I did think, you know, what are the things that I loved the most as a teenager and came up with those two things, gaming and theatre, and then just yeah. tried to find a plot to kind of 
mash them together, which, um, you know, has led us to Noah's kind of harebrained <laughs> scheme. Um, but, you know, that I'm a, I'm a big planner, so I like to plot everything in advance. And so I, you know, tried to make some pretty clear parallels between sort of what was going on in the game for the two boys um, and what was happening in, in Noah's life, just to kind of make that interesting for the reader and, and sort of keep the whole thing moving along a little bit. Oh, we, yeah, absolutely did. And it was, um, it was so clever as well. Like looking at it as a writer, it's just like, oh, this is, this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I was interested in the setting. So uh, why did you choose to set it in Ballarat, a regional city in Victoria? And was this your hometown calling? Yeah, so I grew up in Ballarat. Um, I lived there until I was 18 when I um, fled to Sydney to do a dance course up there and then I studied in Perth, um, a music theatre course. But, yeah, I spent my my entire childhood in Ballarat and I, you know, I, I loved growing up there for a theatre kid. There was just so much on offer, so many dance schools and yeah. you know, amateur theatre companies and, you know, the beautiful Her Majesty's Theatre in Ballarat where I got to, you know, perform for all of my sort of teen years. Um, but, you know, I kind of made that decision when I wrote um, my first book, Anything But Fine, because I, you know, when I decided to write in that contemporary young adult world, I just really wanted to be able to make it feel authentic. And so I, I figured, you know, the easiest way to do that was to go back to where it all began for me and kind of, yeah. you know, set the story there. And, you know, Ballarat's very different when I grew up there. Um, attitudes have changed a lot which was a really interesting challenge because, you know, I didn't want to present the Ballarat of my teen years. I wanted to present today's Ballarat. And, you know, I visit often, but I'm not in high school at Ballarat anymore. Yeah, so yeah. it was, um, yeah, really interesting to sort of update my version of kind of what Ballarat is like for a teenager, but also try and make it reasonably universal for anyone yeah. in, a, in a country or regional area in Australia. Um, you know, because I think they share so many similarities. So that was kind of a big part of it as well. Yeah, great. And it's just, yeah, it's so nice to see a different location, right? And, mm, and also yeah. a, regional, a regional city. I thought that was fantastic. I really appreciated as a gay man was how you captured the feelings of sexual attraction and you didn't shy away from the physical aspects of it, the good, the bad, the awkward of sex and, and in the throes of first time and first love. Some authors find sex scenes challenging to write. Was this or is sex, writing sex, easy for you? Because how, how, so, it was so well done. And I loved, like I mentioned, that it's there. There's no, you know, sanitised. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know that um, sex in YA can be pretty divisive sometimes, but when I write my stories I I'm always picturing myself as a 14 15 16 year old boy and yeah. the sort of things that I was questioning and the sort of things that I was desperate you know to have answered um and so I guess that's the only kind of lens that I can see it through is is that sort of teenage boy and and what they're really yeah desperate to know and to read about um because there's not a lot of places to find that kind yeah. of information and it's not like it's you know it's not like a, an instructional guide, but I think what's important to me is always just to, to put the reality of the situations on the page. I yeah. never want to over-romanticise those kind of first moments and stuff like that because as a teenager, 
it's generally just really awkward. Um, and I think a lot of those moments in Take a Bow Noah Mitchell are pretty cringy, but that's what it's like. There are so yeah, many things totally. to navigate, especially for queer teens. Like, yeah. you know, we don't get sex ed about how it all works and, you know, who's doing what and all yeah. of that. And so I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely... I wouldn't say they're easy scenes to write because, you know, you have to be so conscious of of the line where it turns into something gratuitous that is much more for an adult audience and yeah. what is, yeah. you know, suitable for those those younger teen years. Um, and it's hard as well. I know, you know, there are so many younger readers who read YA um, who are kind of well below the age limit that we probably are writing for, but you know, I guess you have to just consider, you know, that exact group that you're writing for and, and where you were at in your own development um, at that time and, and what will be helpful and, you know, help make you just feel seen and normal and rather than what might be a little confronting if you put a little bit too much on the page. So it's a bit of a constant balance, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, like I say, I think you did a brilliant job of it. And also you kept it within the tone of the story as well which is another thing, right? So mm. I just thought it was so well done. And quite frankly, lucky, you know, teenagers who get to to read that and see themselves on the page is, yeah. It's yeah, amazing. it's really cool. And I like I, I often, you know, think what that would have meant to me as a kid seeing that sort of thing on the page rather than, you know, having to stay up late under the cover of darkness to find some sort of queer film on SBS that I probably shouldn't be watching. You know, it's just, it's, I just feel like, you know, today's teens are so much luckier to just be able to to pick up a book and, and read it. And if, you know, I love, you know, books because if they ever get too much, you can so easily just shut the book and walk away, yeah. which I think is a really, really great thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah I think it'll always be something that's pretty present in my stories in one way or another because it's just it's such a big part of being a teenager and I, I think Absolutely. it's kind of yeah. really disingenuous to ignore it um yeah so yeah fantastic so uh, another thing I really appreciated what you did in uh, what you did <laughs> how you approached in um take about no Mitchell was the for me, was the depiction of fluidity of the feminine and masculine, particularly in the male identifying characters, of which there are all, there are all mm. sexualities. So, for example, we have Alex, who in the past, I think we would have seen in books or on screen as the gay male romantic lead. Mm. And as far as he's seemingly the most straight acting, which is an awful term, but Though as a as a character, he's he's out and proud and a great example of variation within gay men. And I hope that's not a spoiler. But was this moving away from the masculine, feminine, gender binary stereotype important for you to reflect? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the love interest in my first book is um, a little more of a kind of stereotypical romantic lead in some ways and, and not in others. But this one, I think, you know, coming into it from, you know, knowing that these are going to be have to be characters who are gamers and who are also kind of in that theatre world, it just felt really natural for, for both Noah and the love interest Eli to sort of be, yeah, just their own kind of unique versions of themselves. And I don't, I don't think I really considered you know, too consciously, the kind of balance between, you know, typically masculine and feminine traits, it sort of just 
I just wanted them to be authentically them. And um, I think, you know, having spent my whole life in the theatre, that sort of, you know, those personalities, you know, come to mind really easily. And so I think, yeah, it was kind of more just about making them feel like sort of their own three-dimensional characters, which hopefully work. Oh, absolutely it did. And I love, like, I keep thinking when Noah sees Eli and, you know, he talks about the, you know, the softness and the the different, Mm. it was fantastic. I haven't seen that. I haven't Mm. read that like that before. And it was just like, this is beautiful. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So I like that. And I also like Noah's confusion with everyone stretching all around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh So, um, and what is your your hope for Take About Noah Mitchell out there in the world? Gosh, I don't know. I um, hope lots of people read it um, to begin with. And yeah, I just hope that it kind of really finds the readers you know, who need it at at that time. I think that's all I ever kind of can hope for my books. You know, it's not it's not always about, you know, making a huge splash. It just, it always means so much more to know that the books, yeah, find that exact reader who who needs that book at the time. And I guess that is probably, you know, who I would have been writing the book for. You know, you always have yeah. some kind of audience, I think, in mind, you know, a more specific audience in mind when you're writing something. And yeah, I've, you know, the reaction from my first book, has been really wonderful and really surprising. And some of the messages, you know, from younger readers in particular, you just go, oh my gosh, like this is <laughs> 9 million percent worth all of the struggle and the hard work and stuff. When, when it, you know, when a book really finds that right person, you know that it just has such a big impact, particularly with teen readers. And so, yeah, I hope, you know, this one finds some of the theatre crowd, you know, the kids who probably feel yeah. a bit different um, and a bit weird at school because that's kind of what it's like for, you know, theatre kids and queer kids and, and the nerdy kids. Um, it really is a book for kind of nerds of all kinds, I think. Um, a bit of a love letter to being nerdy. So, yeah, I just I hope that people sort of, yeah, see themselves in the book and, and that it helps them kind of find their own communities, I guess. Yeah, beautiful. Um, a question we ask all our guests is a writing question, and that mm-hmm. is uh, around any advice or top tips for writers out there, and they can be younger writers, emerging writers. Mm-hmm. I probably don't have anything that everyone hasn't already heard before, but I feel like the thing that was most helpful for me when I started writing was just to really see a project through. I think when you start writing, it can be really, really tempting to you know start 20 different manuscripts and there's always these shiny new ideas um but you will learn so much more from writing a whole book and taking it as far as you can like you know try and query some literary agents just do every step of that process and just see what happens and even if it turns you know into nothing which was my experience with my first manuscript um you know the things that you have learned along the way are just so invaluable because like getting I feel like getting past that halfway point in writing a first draft things just change completely it's yeah, just absolutely. and even having to edit a first draft and to look at that and to look at your own work objectively it just there's just so much to gain from sticking with something so yeah I would say just whatever it is finish it um because yeah. you will not regret it Fantastic. That's great advice. Thank you. Um, And on the show, we also have a shout-out question. 
Um, but first, how can listeners connect with you on socials or any book events coming up? And yeah. Um, and show notes. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Um, so Instagram is probably the best place. I'm trying to minimize <laughs> my social media <laughs> yeah, use right. at the moment because um, everything else is so busy. Um, so Instagram is the best. And my handle is just Tobias underscore Madden. Uh, or my website, which you can just Google my name and it should come up, has a contact form as well if you want to get in touch kind of the old-fashioned way. Um, right. But, yeah, I love I love chatting to people online, chatting writing and chatting books. Um, and I have tons and tons of book recommendations on my Instagram as well, which is oh, always right. really handy. Yep. And um, events, do can they find those on your website? Um, I don't think my events are on the website. I really should put them on there. Um <laughs> But I think by the time uh, anyone is listening to this, most of my events for the year might have wrapped up. I think um, I have, I'm just trying to think what's actually been announced, what I'm going to talk about, I can't remember. Um, but all of that I post about on my Instagram as well. Yeah. So it really yeah. is kind of yeah. the hub for all, all things. Yeah, excellent. And would you like to shout out any LGBTIQA plus artists, books, art shows, organisations? Yeah, I mean, there's so many brilliant queer YA writers in Australia now. Um, people like Gary Lonesborough and Rhiannon Wilde and Holden Shepherd and Alice Boyle. And gosh, I mean, I could go on and on, but yeah, the full list of shout outs is also probably on my Instagram. Um, yeah. But there are a few off the top of my head. Um, just fantastic writers. We, we're so lucky here in Australia. Yeah, it's brilliant. It really is fantastic. And now we have our book reviewer, Grace from Blarney Books and Art in Port Ferry. Hi, Grace. Long time. No talk. I know. It's good to be back. Back to be reading. Yes. And what do you have for us this? I have two Love Oz YA novels. Uh, first, we've got Slipping the Noose by Med Caddy yeah. and We Who Hunt the Hollow by Kate Murray. And which one would you like to start with? So Slipping the Noose by Meg Caddy is set in 1722 and follows the legendary pirate Anne Bonny as she navigates being imprisoned and then escaping into the labyrinthine streets of London. Uh, Caddy writes in dual perspectives between Bonny and her brother-in-arms, Martin Reed, a trans man who also led a life of piracy. This is a fast-paced, action-packed historical fiction novel with just the right amount of real and imagined people and events to keep you guessing. Uh, this is actually a sequel to Caddy's first book called Devil's Ballast, published in 2019. I hadn't read that one yet, and luckily I didn't find myself getting too lost with the characters. If anything, I found myself being thrown into the swell of the story from page one, and I was quick to find my footing and climb the metaphorical rigging of this extensive <laughs> historical plot. Uh, so yeah, real hats off to Caddy for making this book seem like a standalone, as it was so brilliantly written and introduced the characters perfectly. Brilliant. Really recommend this one. Fantastic. And is there? Do you know if there's any um, a follow-on from this one? Or I think this was the end of that story, but I am looking yeah. forward to reading the first one and sort of having a bit more of an insight. Yeah. Well, Even though get... I sort of know what's going to happen, but it's I kind of like that in a way. It's yeah, you get to have a prequel. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to reading her first book. Great. So that's Slipping the Noose by Meg Caddy. And then uh, We Hunt the Hollow by Kate Murray. Is this the, the the cover for this? Is that with flowers? Is that? 
No, it's got like this amazing sort of purpley orange sort of liquid looking thing with monsters and stuff oh, on it. It's wow. it's really it's really vivid. I love it. Judge your books by its cover. Yeah, it's absolutely. true. <laughs> absolutely. And what kind of genre was this within why? I'm not really quite sure how to to find it. It's sci-fi mystical supernatural type thing. Um oh, wow. so it's it's a jam-packed magical adventure filled with futuristic landscapes, strong capable women, superhero worthy powers, gruesome beasts, a rainbow family a queer love triangle, and an abundance of plot twists that will have you guessing until the very last page. So it follows the story of Priscilla Dalman, who is from a long line of legendary monster hunters called the Hollow Hollow Warriors. Uh, Gifted with superpowers, the warriors protect the earth from the otherworldly beings, along with their animal familiars, in this case, mouse. Uh, Priscilla doesn't feel like her power is good enough, and after a ritual goes horribly wrong, she is left potentially losing everything. Uh, so, yeah, this one was amazing. And I, Kate writes in such a way with like completely transports you into her world. Like, yeah. I could visualize everything. Like, she called, like, they have like very futuristic things like floating cars and teleportation. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can, like, I can still feel the stare of the giant googly eyed cactus in the living room. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I'd love this to be adapted onto the big screen. It'd be such a great movie. Wow. Um, definitely. Incredible. Yeah. It's sort of on the continuum of Pet by Akaweki Emazim and yep. definitely has like the same sort of feeling as Lauren James's books. And randomly I could sort of picture Meet the Robinsons, the movie, while I was reading. If you've ever seen that, great movie. Love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, very futuristic, yeah. but super powery, and yeah, it's it's a fun one, but a little bit creepy at times. Brilliant. And how's the the um, portrayal of the Rainbow Family? I'm obviously so interested. Uh, Priscilla has two mums, and she's yeah. also probably she. It's not mentioned, but I assume she's probably bisexual herself. Right. So it's really cool, and she has lots of sisters, and it seems like both mums have been pregnant throughout. So like yep. the sisters yep. are sort of almost like half sisters, even though they're not. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really cool. A bit different to the usual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely get your hands on that one. So that's uh, We Who Hunt the Hollow by Kate Murray. Slipping the Noose by Meg Kate. Yes, indeedy. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Grace. And You're welcome. happy reading until next month. And our closing question for you, Tobias Madden, is mm-hmm. what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? Um, I hope that we just keep moving forward and just um, keep doing our thing. I think it's just such a beautiful community, rich in so many ways and, you know, so much diversity within our community. And I think... Um, yeah, just the more that we can put our stories out there, whatever they may be, you know, the better. I think there's just, there are so many different kinds of, of queer experiences. And I think the more we can share about all of them, you know, the more the whole world will, will understand and, um, you know, the, the more accepted everyone will be and the more we'll all just be able to get on with our lives and do our thing. <laughs> 
That's fantastic. Absolutely. Imagine that. That would be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shall you. see. Yeah, right. Yeah. Keep uh, like you say, progress. Just keep on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tobias. So that's uh, Take a Bow, Noah Mitchell, which is out now. Thanks again for being part of the show. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Please check out our show notes on Words and Nerds, Blarney Books and Art, and rwrmcdonald.com for links, reviews, and the interview transcript. Until next time, this is QWS Podcast.